Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Nick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. All the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, people, what's going on? We're back for another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 96. Of course, on this episode, we're going to briefly touch on what happened in week 12, lead us into week 13 with burning questions, you know, and then we're also going to talk about this Thursday night game, Seattle at Dallas. Ike, how you feeling today, man? 96. That's that's the last time our Cowboys did anything <laughs> noteworthy in this, you know, as it pertains to making it to an NFC championship game. Hopefully that can change this year, yeah. but 96 is is a number that we have uh in in you know in in embedded in our craniums embedded wow. in our craniums some some people born in dallas don't even know what success for the, uh, the local football team even looks like so yeah but you ask me how i'm feeling i'm feeling good feeling good about a lot of things especially my a lot of the managed leagues that i that i'm in you know playoff playoffs are around the corner and i'm in playoff position in the vast majority of my leagues there's only one league that I'm doing, uh, all the leagues that I'm yeah. doing, that's, that I'm completely out of it. But, you know, the other ones, I do have an outside chance in, in, in two of them. And then the other 10 or 11, I'm currently in the playoffs. So it's, a, it's, been, a, it's been a pretty decent year, to say the least. But hopefully we can close it out and not, not, not choke away these last two weeks. Because it's week 13, we got a heavy bye week, our last heavy bye week of the season. We got Buffalo, Baltimore, Giants, Minnesota, the Bears, and the Las Vegas Raiders. And there's a lot of prominent players, a lot of firepower on those teams. It's This is on par, like I was mentioning on the waiver show, this is on par with week 10. We had the Chiefs and the mm-hmm. Eagles, the Dolphins on bye. So you had a lot of players, a lot of exposures to those offenses. And so, yeah, this is even even bigger than that. Believe it or not, even bigger than that. So, yeah. I definitely have some teams that are like, you know, fighting for playoff spots. And I got and a lot of those players that I need are, you know, gone this week. So it's, it's, it's like it's very pivotal for me this week for some of these dynasty leagues I'm in uh, to, you know, continue trying to make that push for the playoffs. Yep. Yep. We got a lot of news, though. To get A couple of news, newsworthy items. First one, the one that came out, I think, what? Monday, Tuesday, Frank Wright got fired. I mean, who didn't see that coming? <laughs> <laughs> Panthers are one in ten. They drafted the wrong guy, and they're <laughs> basic. They drafted the wrong guy. Number one, they threw DJ Moore in as a, as a, a throw in. A number one wide receiver, over a thousand yards, having a career year, but in, in in Chicago, on pace at least to have a career year in Chicago and. Now they they have a quarterback that they're they're probably having a little having a little buyer's remorse there, but you know it's it's not over yet. It's not quite over for Bryce Young. The early returns haven't haven't seen haven't seen a lot out of them to to really instill confidence. And so it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who once you know the new regime comes in, how they feel about Bryce Young. Do they want to give him a chance? Do they want to try to build around him? Do the Panthers have a lot of cap space in twenty twenty four? I think yeah, they, they got- do. They got a lot of cap space, but no draft capital. So. No draft capital, yeah, no draft capital. So hopefully they can probably spend in, in free agency for some wide receivers 
T Higgins is, is due for a deal. That's, that's one, that's one guy that they can, you know, go after because I don't think Cincinnati's going to throw the bag at him or pay him because got Jamar Chase, they already paid Joe Burrow. They're pretty cash strapped themselves. So I don't know. And I don't know if T Higgins is willing to take a discount. Probably don't think he is. Do you, and, and speaking of T Higgins, I'm kind of going a little bit of a tangent here. Do you think you see him again this the rest of this year? If if it's me, mm-mm, for what? What we? What am I gonna take passes from Browning for what? Yeah, it's, I'm not playing no more, man. I need look, to be it, as healthy as possible for whoever's gonna throw me that bread. It, it it would be a smart play if he just sits out, right? I mean, hamstring injury, and you don't want you you've already put enough out there on tape to 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 want to get a market, but you don't want to further damage. Further hurt yourself because what if you, what if you go out there and and, and hurt yourself even more? Like what if he you know God forbid you know, tears an ACL or something? Like don't want that. And so it, it's I don't know. It's not another realm of possibility that he sits the rest of the season. Yeah, Carolina they could also maybe possibly Michael Pittman if if the Colts for whatever reason don't look to lock him up. I think he's getting franchised. I, I, yeah. I probably think he's getting franchised. I don't I don't think Michael Pittman's going anywhere. They still have Anthony Richardson coming back from the shoulder injury. They're going to need a number one receiver. Although Josh Downs is a good slot, really, really good slot guy, has had a really good season. That's another, another, another weapon for for Anthony Richardson. But I, I, I think they would probably franchise Michael Pittman. I think yeah. they franchise Michael Pittman. But on the note of that Frank Reich firing, he's the first domino to fall. And I, and I know Adam Schefter came out and said that there's at least eight to ten players. He anticipates at least eight. More firings. Whoa, what? Season. Yeah, yeah. He he came out and said, "Nah, there, there's there's gonna be heads rolling." That's what he said. He said, he said there's gonna be heads rolling in this cycle. Like he 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 thinks a lot of these GMs are just fed up with what they've seen <laughs> on the field. But hey, the next, the I next, must have missed that one. Yeah, yeah. He he. It was a report. I think multiple people. There was like an insider on Bleach Report that confirmed this as well. I can't remember his name. I think his name is Jordan Schultz. He was okay. on Bleach Report. He was talking about that. He's an insider. He said that he can he can confirm that he's he's hearing kind of the same thing that eight people or eight coaches could potentially be on the on their way out. And on that note, who do you think is going to be on their way out next? I think it's. I think it's obvious that it's either Brandon Staley or Ron oh, Rivera. Yeah. Brandon, but yeah. Brandon Staley, though, like he's right now, odds are saying that he's minus 200 to be the next coach fired. Bro, he that, got he gotta go, gotta go. I'm sure the owner over there is tired of seeing his 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 loaded roster just you know just limp, you know, limp towards the middle of the season with a bunch of injuries and then you just losing a bunch of one score games. Four four and seven, same, same old, same old story for the Chargers. I mean, I think and in previous years, you know, especially last year, they were on the right side of right side of these things. They were winning the close games. They were, I think, they made the playoffs at ten and seven. I think they were ten mm-hmm. and seven. Yeah. So, I, I man, he's next. Ron Rivera should definitely be next. Ron Rivera should have mm-hmm. been gone a long time ago, to be honest. Yeah. He yeah. should he should have been gone. But those who, are the next. Those are the next two that I'm thinking that are that are out of there. Who I want to see possibly go is Sean McDermott. He, you've already, you've already fired the defensive coordinator, and you're calling the defensive plays now. You just fired your offensive coordinator and replaced him, and you're still doing the same thing. Like you're still losing these close games or losing games that you probably don't have no business losing. And it's like you keep getting, you know, you know, almost, almost to the, to the ship, and then you just lose it or. You keep running into one of the two teams, you know, the Bengals or the Chiefs, and you just can't go over that hump. Like at some point, you gotta be looking at him like, hey, like if this is all you can do, maybe we just think we can find something else better out outside of just you. So there's really no one else to blame. You've already knocked out the coordinators. So whoever the next person to go is you, buddy. So you can't fire can't fire the QB because you locked him in for several years, <laughs> even though he keeps turning the ball over. No, now, now I'll say this with Josh Allen. Josh Allen has had a really, really good season from a statistical standpoint since the turnovers. Like he's putting up numbers, numbers, numbers. Yeah. Those numbers include turnovers. <laughs> the, the, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a pretty pretty big reason as to why they're 6-6. Six and six. You, you, yeah. you, cut, you cut back on those turnovers. I'm just saying. They, they're probably, yeah. what, you know, 8-4, and four, right? 9-3. and three. 
at worst seven and five, eight, seven and five, eight and four, eight and four ish range. I think that's that's probably where they should be based on how these, you know, based on because I think they're third in, in DVOA, in or yeah, they they have a high DVOA and they have a high point differential. Yeah, they're so, second in point differential. Yeah, they're second. Yeah, yeah, they're second in point differential and they're six and six. So that tells you that that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. But yeah, McDermott. So you your so your votes on is McDermott. Mm-hmm. Mine is the, the obvious chalk one, which is Brandon yeah. Staley. And after they lose to the Patriots this weekend, because I think they'll they're gonna lose. They're gonna if they if they lose the Patriots this weekend, he they they, they might as well just leave Brandon Staley on tarmac. They might bro, have, they, he, not he even might, at the tarmac. Leave him in the locker room, bro. Leave him in the locker room. Leave him on the out of bounds chalk. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's he, he he shouldn't he shouldn't be able to ride back with a team. So, um, but yeah, and then a couple more other news items. We we saw the Steelers finally go over 400 yards of offense. I mean, who didn't? I mean, who didn't see that coming? Right? Who didn't see that coming? <laughs> Luckily, they had the the Cardinals on 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 the uh, on the calendar. So yeah. if they couldn't do it there, then they was gonna get right somehow. But now they didn't score a lot of points because the, you know the Bengals' defense and the, the the conditions that they played in weren't weren't ideal. But they got over 400 yards of offense. Kenny Pickett had a career high 278 yards passing, career high, career high. Mm. Looked a little like the preseason Steelers, those downfield shots that they were that they that they had. Yeah, just maybe this is the catalyst. Maybe this is the the, the launching off point. And what better way to get right this week? But but. He still didn't throw a touchdown pass. Still didn't throw a touchdown pass. Still didn't throw a touchdown pass. And I don't know if in the preseason he threw many touchdown passes either, because I think they had a lot of rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. in the short in the short amount of time that they played uh, in the the first team offense in the in the preseason. And then lastly, the Bills and Eagles game. What a what a wild game that was. Man. Wild game that was. A lot of fantasy goodness. Jalen Hurts, you know, saved me in a couple and in, in quite a few leagues. <laughs> he sure did. Oh boy, I needed every last point, man. Every last point in that game. But that I mean, game. Josh Allen put on too. Like Josh they both put, put on. on. Like they both put. They both put each other's teams on their back. They showed up and showed out. Just you know, the the Bills just came up a little short in overtime, man. Who, who would have thought the top two fantasy quarterbacks put on the top two? Fa- they were the top two fantasy quarterbacks on the week. <laughs> on the week, in the rain, on top of the rain, that. in the rain, in the rain, just doing whatever they could, doing whatever they could. Man. Two rushing touchdowns good... each, like it was, mm-hmm. it was a, a fantasy manager's dream. Except if you, you know, you were an AJ Brown owner, you kind of left a lot to be desired. Although he he scored a touchdown, had some catches, but Devontae Smith, second straight game, yep. wide receiver one week. Just saying, he's him. Him without Dallas Goddard, he's just automatic, automatic eight or nine, ten targets a game. It just seems like since the Cowboys game, things have kind of flipped between him and Devon, between Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. Now it looks like Devontae Smith is the alpha, and AJ Brown is second fiddle. But hmm. they get the Forty ers this week. Going to be a big test, and you know, I'll, I'll 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 kick it to you. Let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah, man. Burning questions. Let's not even waste any time with the game of the week for sure. With San Francisco minus three at Philly with a 46 and a half over under uh, uh, game total. I mean, I think it's a little disrespectful for Vegas to just give San Francisco the minus three. Really, that looks like they they're almost favoring San Francisco by a touchdown, honestly, because you default, you get three at home. So. They really don't respect what Philly's done, which is really interesting. So Eagles money line all day. Yeah, battle for the number one seed. Basically, uh, whoever pretty much wins this game, they pretty much got you know a free release. Well, for Philly, if they win this game, they get basically got a free release in terms of you know getting that number one seed. They'll be what two at least two games above the Cowboys, and then they would have the obviously they have the upper hand in terms of uh, versus San Francisco. So. My burning question for this game is, can Brock Purdy win this game? Because you already know Philly's run defense is really good. So it's going to be rested on the arms of of Brock Purdy. So this matchup is the number one adjusted fantasy points allowed matchup this week for quarterbacks. So he's in the environment to, to, to do work. So can he win this game? I mean, look, the, the the Eagles' defense is very beatable. They've shown all season long that they've been beatable 
every core, almost every quarterback that's played against him has has lit him up. So now that may have not led to wins because Philly's ten and one. But from a fantasy perspective, I think Brock Purdy is just going to eat. He's going to he's going to find Kittle. He's going to find Ayuk. He's going to find uh, Debo Samuel. Like this offense is going to be humming. But you mentioned something on you 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 made a very very simple point on Twitter. The Eagles just keep finding a way, right? That it, it, in the end, if the game is close, one score game. They'll they they've they've often they've often found a way to to, to win a game. So the the question of of whether or not Brock Purdy can win, he can, but I've, I but I think I have a lot more confidence in him from a fantasy perspective than actually winning the game because I think Philadelphia they're being disrespected. Now we 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 can we can say all day that you know their their wins haven't been impressive because they're ten and one and they're winning close games, but. It, how 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 many times are we going to continue to say that we until they're set, you know sixteen and one in, in the Super Bowl again because we can we can say it every week we can say it until the blue until we're blue in the face but they just keep winning right and so you know and a lot of people can say hey well maybe this this, this way of winning isn't sustainable that very well may be true but hey it can be unsustainable until they're in the Super Bowl again and so we, that- we will we we will see about that we will see about that I'm I'm. But it's going to be a really, really good game. Really, really good game, regardless. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, on you know, same note of you know, Brock Purdy having a great matchup. Brandon Ayuk also has a a very advantageous matchup versus Philly. He's number three uh, in in terms of expected matchup fantasy points per route run per fantasy data data suite, and then number one per PFF in terms of wide receiver cornerback matchup. And this is with Philly giving up the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers, the most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. But that's not applying to Ayuk. That's really more applying to, you know, Jawan Jennings, Kittle and Debo, who runs the most slot routes on the team uh, currently with all. I think they're all above 25 percent for the year. So, it, I mean, it could be a lot of points scored. I know I know for sure Philly what they're probably going to do, they're going to probably try to run the game, the clock out with ball control. So a Jawan Jennings reference. How, how <laughs> hey man, I, had, I mean, it just popped up in the research, man. I had to, I had to. Yeah. 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 But, but just a note, a quick note about Brandon Ayuk. I came across this tweet. I can't remember who did it, uh, who, who, who tweeted it out, but his weekly PPR finishes since week five. Wide receiver 36, wide receiver 33, wide receiver 35, wide receiver 22, wide receiver 22, wide receiver 5, and wide receiver 29 last week. So he hasn't, you know, since week five, he hasn't really lit lit the world on fire. Only a top 24 receiver in three, you know, three times and in, in since week five. And obviously he had that big, that huge game against Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, this is, he he's more than due. For, for a get right spot. And I'm prepared to take all the overs for Brandon Ayuk this weekend. Because <laughs> at least his yard, at least take, I'll at least take the over on his yardage. And it's probably around, if I were to guess, without looking, I'd probably say it's around like 64 and a half or something. Yeah, you might be right. Let me see if I can go find that real quick. Uh, but real quick on the Philly side, I mean, it's pretty much self explanatory. You know, the targets are pretty concentrated to deep. Uh, to Smitty and AJ Brown with Dallas Gardner not there. I know they ran a lot more four wide receiver sets this past week with with the lack of tight end options with him and uh Alberto being missing. So we're probably gonna see about the same with a lot of four wide receiver sets, probably. But I know they're probably gonna be wanting to control the ball by running, but San Francisco is one of those teams where they're kind of middle of the road of running and you can run on them a little bit, but Philly's kind of struggled running the ball as of late also. So uh, it, it's going to be a great chess match game for sure because, you know, San Francisco, Francisco, San Francisco's front seven is not to be messed with for sure because they can, I mean, they rotate, what, eight, nine defensive linemen on top of that. So I think this game is definitely going to be won in the trenches. Whoever can control the trenches is going to probably win the game. But that back end for San Francisco is shaky. Ooh, it is very, definitely shaky. Uh, I know Javarius Ward is really good, but as a collective, it is a really, really good spot for Devontae Smith and, and, and A.J. Brown. And they're going to be seeing all the targets 
on on Sunday. But yeah. But next game, real quick before you get to the next uh, game, Brent yeah. Ayuk's lines across across everywhere is sixty one and a half. I was close. Yeah, I figured yeah. it was across the thing you know, the low sixties. Okay, yeah, over. But it'll probably <laughs> it'll probably go over to at least sixty five by by kickoff because these lines move like early in the week. What what we've what we've learned over the years is like these lines they just early in the week you 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 like something and then you say oh, you know what? I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait until the end of the week to bet it. By the end of the week, um, it's already moved like three and a half yards, right? So it's yeah. either bet it now or don't bet it at all. <laughs> yeah, basically. All right, next game, I want to talk about Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. Three and a half point favorites. Houston is 47 and a half point uh, total. So I think this is going to be a pretty sneaky shootout. I think there's some firepower on both ends. But I will, I will caution by saying that the Denver Broncos defense has been really, really good over the last several weeks, especially since week seven. They're top, ta- they're top 10 in explosive pass, pass rate allowed, um, you know, or you know, pass rates, you know, uh, 20 plus yard passes, EPA per pla- uh, pass, EPA per rush, EPA per play, even average starting field position. I mean, they're just, you now the offense isn't turning the ball over and they're not, you know, putting their defense in bad positions. And so they're, they they've been they've been pretty stout. Remember they held Kansas City to nine points, you know, several weeks ago. The Buffalo Bills had trouble scoring on them on that Monday night game. I mean, Cleveland, I mean they held Cleveland to twelve points last week. That you know, that that defense is is you know, do do doing work. Doing work. And on the other side, Houston, they're top ten in, in uh, explosive explosive rush rate allowed, which is, you know, runs at ten plus yards, EPA per rush, and play success rate. So there's 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 a there's a contrast here uh, from 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 both defenses, but on the offensive side for Houston, it's pretty simple. It's, it's C.J. Stroud, who's been playing phenomenal three out of the last four games. He's been a QB one. He's been the QB one, QB nine, and QB four over the last you know three out of the last four games. Now, one thing to monitor is that Tank Dell didn't practice today due to a calf injury. Now Houston's optimistic that they, that he's going to suit up and he's he's going to play. So that's one thing to monitor you know, throughout this week and, and as, the, as the week progresses. But we want to keep an eye on that. But their other, other receiver, other standout wide receiver, Nico Collins, since he's returned from his calf injury, he had a calf injury. Since returning, he's had 20 targets. And turned that to 14 catches, 169 yards, and a touchdown. So he's been doing work over the last couple of weeks, and he's going to continue that momentum with, you know, with, with C.J. Stroud, regardless of Tank Dell's in the lineup or not. So, any thoughts on the Texans before I move to the Broncos? Oh, uh, I didn't even see that tank. The Tank Dell news that should be very interesting because I know you saw Noah Brown, uh, you know, have his couple of weeks before he got hurt. Them trying to work back in Robert Woods, so I I would think they would need his explosiveness to you know try to move this ball against this tough, you know, tough as recent tough Denver defense. So, you know, CJ Stroud, he's been awesome this whole year. We saw him try to put his team on his back last week versus Jacksonville. So, you know, overall, you know, good vibes his way. Just they need Tank Dale to, to come back. And I know Damian Pierce came back last week and they kind of mixed him in. But for the most part, it was still Singletary is a guy that they're 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 looking as as their guy in the backfield with his 81 percent of snaps compared to Damian Pierce's nineteen. So, I mean, it's pretty straightforward with this offense. Yeah, and yeah, and that's another that's another good point. Damian Pierce is he he's done out here. He should be on waivers. He should be on he should be on waivers. Devin, imagine imagine thinking before the season that Devin Singletary was going to take over the backfield, bro. He just never even never never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. No. Never saw Damian Pierce averaging two two point nine yards a carry in his, his sophomore season. He's not even breaking tackles like he was last year. I don't know what's going on with Damian Pierce in 2023, but man, it's it it's it is rough. It is rough yeah. for our guy, for for your yeah. guy actually, because you yeah, know for my guy, for your for your Gator, for your fellow fellow yeah. Gator. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Like, just zapped him of all his powers, man. Now he just looks like a jag. Yeah, yeah. So, but on the Denver side, they've won five straight games. Three of them have been by two points or less. So not. Super impressive wins, but five wins nonetheless. They're six and five, squarely in the playoff race. This has playoff. This game between Houston and Denver has playoff implications in Week 13. Never thought we'd even be saying that at this point in the season. But Russell Wilson, 
middling quarterback two or you know high end quarterback two has you know kind of a low end QB one you know low end QB one you know last five games QB eighteen QB fourteen QB eleven QB eighteen QB twelve so hasn't been great but it's been pretty steady pretty consistent hasn't been hasn't killed you you put him in your lineup he he's not gonna he's not gonna completely you know completely you know shit the bed or anything like that but he's been serviceable yeah i think he has 20 touchdowns on the season he's been playing well only four interceptions but Cortland sutton though Cortland sutton has thoroughly and i mean thoroughly outplayed jerry judy and, and it's i don't know what jerry judy's doing out there or what he's done to but <laughs> steve smith was right <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean if we can if we can keep it a buck I know it's harsh. I know it's not, you know, you don't like to pile on, but at the end of the day, Steve Smith was, was he he was telling facts. He was speaking facts. He was speaking facts. So it's Cortland Sutton leads in fantasy points per game, expected fantasy points, targets, first read percentage, air yards, rece- you know, receptions, yards, yards per route run, you name it. All the all the advanced uh, efficiency metrics for a wide receiver, it's Cortland Sutton. So I think that's the only guy that you really trust in this passing game. Yeah, I agree. There's really nothing else to, to touch on here. It's just Sutton and R- Russ Wilson. That's pretty much it. I don't want the running backs. It's just a bunch of guys running the ball. So, well, Javante was then Javante Williams, Williams had like 20 touches the last game. I guess sure, I thought he did he get hurt and came back in that game. Yeah, he had a neck injury, but I, okay, but he, but he came back. I think he's fine but i think we have to monitor his practice participation this week but i think he's good i think he's good to go i don't know i don't know if it's debilitating or anything like that okay okay yeah let's go in and get into this next game should be quick miami minus nine and a half 50 over under which is the highest point total for the week at washington i mean miami's pretty much status quo Tua, waddle hill a chain if he's back he's he's rumored to possibly be back this week if not then definitely fire up Raheem Mostert and that's pretty much it like it's pretty concentrated uh as always it's been pretty much since the beginning of the season fade the commander's defense I mean they fired Jack Doria I'm not sure what that's gonna do he's still the players (laughs) (laughs) it's still the players so I expect a lot of points on this Miami to be scored on their side but the question for me is, can Washington's fantasy weapons keep up in this high-scoring affair? Um, what are your thoughts about that? Well, we don't say Howell's going to pass the hell out of the ball, right? 40 pass attempts or more, or at least 39 pass attempts. Or actually, 40 pass attempts or more in 8 of 12 games. So we know that's going to happen. And so if you're, gonna, if you're a betting person, if you like to do props, take the over on Sam Howell pass attempts. My, you know, Miami is a nine and a half point favorite at home. So commanders are going to be in trail mode pretty often, pretty early, pretty often. Worst defense. But one thing we want to talk about really quick is Terry McLaurin has been pretty, I don't know, pretty mediocre, pretty average. You know, relative to the expectations that we had for him this year, only, you know, when, when he plays Philly, he's averaging around 20 fantasy points per game. And versus everybody else, it's around 10. So he hasn't been great against every other team, you know, every other team except for Philly. And, you know, we, we talked about this in previous shows. The, 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 the target share is pretty spread out between 14 and like 18, 19 percent. But he's not even he's not even at the top in, in any of those. It's it's Curtis Samuel. He actually leads the team in targets per route run around, which is around like 21, 22 percent. That's the guy that that I, at least right now, especially in this type of game environment where they're going to be trailing, that's a guy that I would trust. I trust Curtis Samuel because he's going to get a lot of short area catches over the middle. I think he's earned the trust of Sam Howell and he's been a reliable option over the last like several games. I think, you know, he has around around six targets in I think six of the last, you know, six of the last like seven games or something something along those lines. So he's he's been pretty consistent from uh, from that perspective. And then, you know, a, a quick note about the backfield. We know that, you know, Brian Robinson has had a pretty surprising, to say the least, <laughs> year 
catching yeah. passes. Like I think the I think the previous two games um, before the Cowboys game, he was the leading receiver. <laughs> he was yeah. the leading receiver from a yardage standpoint. We didn't see that. We didn't see anything like that coming. But from this, from a as it pertains to this backfield, they were in a, a significantly you know you know a pass heavy script last week against the Cowboys. But Antonio Gibson outsnapped Brian Robinson, and that's because they were trailing, and he's the passing downs back. I think we're going to see more of the same. So if you're with six teams on by, Antonio Gibson would be a decent flex option. Flex option in this particular game. I know the I know versus running backs, Miami is really really stout. You saw what they did to Brees Hall, but they gave up a lot of catches to Brees Hall. Yep, they gave up a big seven catches to Brees Hall. So I think we're going to probably see similar with a lot of dump offs and a lot of short area targets. And, and since Jalen Ramsey's been back, man, he's just been locking folks down like he has been awesome like that miami dolphins defense has gotten so much better with Jalen Ramsey in the lineup so we're gonna see antonio gibson probably get a lot of looks out of the backfield and curtis samuel over the middle but that's basically all i have for this game <laughs> i mean that's it's pretty straightforward to be honest yeah it is pretty straightforward and it's, it, it's funny that you brought it because i i saw the same stat about curtis samuel and he's playing like significantly less snaps like it, consistently Dotson and McLaurin are over 90%. You got Samuels like at 70, 80%. Like this past week, I think he was like six, mid 60s. He but was at target in the hell. He was at six. Man. Yeah, he was 67% of snaps, but he's getting a hell of target. So, yeah. yeah, man. I, yeah, Curtis Samuel, who would have thought? All right. Well, enough about that game. Next game Detroit at New Orleans. Detroit, they're four point road favorites, 46 point total. So they're expecting more points in this game. Obviously, these game totals have been pr- relatively high. The, each of these games we've t- chosen at least been 46, 47, 48 uh, in that range. But the Saints, they're going to be down their top three receivers. And I know Derek Carr is a good streaming option this week. But again, they're not going to have Chris Olave more than likely because of the concussion. Rashid Shahid is unlikely to play due to his thigh injury. And Michael Thomas is on IR. Taysom Hill time. We're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill. We're going to see a lot of Jawan Johnson, but one guy we're going to see a lot of is Alvin Kamara. We're going to see a heavy dose of Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is probably going to have at least like 25 touches in this game. He's going to have at least 25 touches. And I and I saw a stat from Josh, Josh Larkey earlier today that Alvin Kamara is the only running back to hit 12 targets in a game this year. And he's hit at least 14 targets twice. 14 targets. You remember that one that one game where he caught 13 passes for 33 yards, like historically, <laughs> historically bad efficiency there. But he's going to get looks in this game, and they're just going to use the hell out of him once again. 25 plus touches over under 24 and a half touches for Alvin Kamara. 23 and a half touches for Alvin Kamara. Over easily over, and right now they don't have any of the lines out because they know that the. Wide receiver <laughs> room is banged up. They just have over over under half a rushing touchdown. I'm not willing to take that. I'm willing to take whatever his receiving line, line is. I'm taking the hell out that over because I am smashing that. But that's yeah. all. I mean, that's basically the Saints side. What do you have on the Lions? Lions, I mean, we saw last week when, you know, Detroit was kind of, you know, hanging in the game in the first half, but really getting worked pretty quick we saw a lot of david montgomery but in the second half where they still saw them they still saw themselves down and we just saw a lot of gibbs so clearly it looks like what they're going to do is if the game is close if it's at least a neutral game script we're going to see a lot of david montgomery if it's if it's a negative game script we're going to see a lot of gibbs so i know that's not good to hear for fantasy owners because it's basically a toss-up of who's going to be used and if the Saints don't really have any of these top three wide receivers, I know they're waiting on Alave to see if he can play, but they know for sure Sheehy's out and Thomas is out. It could, I mean, you could see you could see a, a, a positive game script leading in the second half, and you might see a lot more David Montgomery do. You might see Gibbs. So, but they are on the road. You know, the Saints usually keep the game close when they're at, in the dome, but. We, sh- we shall see. But outside of that, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. A lot of Amon Ra, a lot of Sam, Laporta. We're seeing Jamison Williams getting worked in a little bit more and more each week. And, I mean, that's pretty much it, man. Like, you might see a sprinkle of Khalif Raymond, but they got to get 
you have to be you know behind before you start seeing some of these ancillary pieces that usually didn't didn't see work so yeah yeah I, I like i like it i like it all right so on to the matchups favorable and unfavorable just got one favorable matchup and from the outset we talked about this offense getting in a in, a, in another get right spot Najee harris and jalen warren versus the cardinals number two adjusted fantasy points allowed matchup versus running backs Number two in fantasy points allowed per game over the last five. And number one in rush yards allowed to running back since week seven. Since week seven. So the Cardinals, they've just been ravaged by every rushing attack they've faced since then. I mean, number two rush grade for fantasy points data sweep. Look, we, we, we've seen, we've seen Jalen Warren cook. We've seen Najee Harris cook. I think Najee Harris had over 100 yards against the, he did. Uh, against the Bengals. Yep. And yeah, so... I mean, is it is it possible to put a little bet down that Najee Harris and Jalen Horn both go over 100 yards in this game? Is that possible? At least, or or both of them get at least 85. I'm sure you can look on both. I'm sure I'm sure that bet's out there. Some of you guys, Bovada, Bovada, uh, you know, BetOnline.ag. I'm sure one of those online sportsbooks has a bet like that. Both of them rush for at least 75 yards, something something along those lines. But it's probably plus money. I would definitely take a strong look at that because this one's going to get ugly. This, one, this, one, this one's going to get ugly. I mean, you saw what Kyron Williams did. He's been chilling for the last six weeks with the, you know healing his ankle. <laughs> the, the team that he played before hurting his ankle was the Cardinals. He hit him up for 150 yeah. yards. What did he do for an encore? Over 150 yards wow. and another 60, another 60 through the air, over 200 total yards and two touchdowns. So he just loves playing the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah fade the cardinals we're fading the cardinals we're fading the commanders and we're fading the eagles secondary those are three defenses that we are routinely going to attack on a weekly basis so that's that that you know that wraps up favorable matchups a lot of a handful of unfavorable matchups drake london versus the jets the worst wide receiver matchup via adjusted fantasy points allowed i mean we don't we, we don't really need to say it. i mean we, we've seen what sauce gardner has done you know, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed and, and, and that and that secondary is done to most passing offenses. With the exception of last week, I know Miami had their way to and Waddle. I'm sorry, uh, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle did did their thing last week. So I think that was, a, you know, an anomaly because it's Miami, right? But the, you know, the Falcons passing offense is, is nowhere, nowhere close to even being on, on Miami's level. And they're barely, they're barely an NFL passing offense. <laughs> to be known if we're keeping it a buck. Arthur Smith's scheme is just is don't, I don't want to get worked up. I don't want to get worked up. I mean, look, I mean, the, the like the Jets secondary, only six wide receiver <laughs> one or two finishes allowed this season. Only six. And we just and, saw two of we them. Thought, we just saw two of them. So you mean the the previous ten or pre- previous eleven weeks, only four wide receiver one slash two finishes. Uh, this this year so that needless to say drake london belongs on your bench but we do have six teams on by like i mentioned so you may be forced to start them hold your nose see what happens and then lastly we have austin eckler versus the patriots the patriots run defense pretty good eighth views fantasy points allowed to running backs over the last five weeks and on paper this is the worst fantasy points allowed matchup this week and so and then in addition to that for pff this is the fifth worst Offensive line, defensive line matchup. Oh so, yeah, um, the the Chargers they've had they've had problems running the ball lately, you know, lately and Oscar Eckler hasn't really looked explosive when coming off that that high ankle sprain. So this is going to be another another tough you know a tough matchup from a from a rushing standpoint. Now maybe Austin Eckler will will get there in the passing game because they they don't they don't have a viable pass catcher outside of Keenan Allen. We saw Gerald Everett kind of. You know, kind of step up a little bit. Had four catches and forty yards and a touchdown. And he's he's actually a decent tight end streamer this week for me. But outside of that, there's there hasn't been any reliable pass catchers. There they they haven't gotten anything from Quentin Johnson. Still haven't gotten anything from him. Jalen Gotten came back, but last week Bowling caught one pass. I think Josh Palmer is due to come off of IR soon. It, I think this week. So don't know if he's going to be back. So there's. There's there, this this matchup is not great for the Chargers for the Char- for the Chargers in general. Yeah, they need Josh Palmer in the worst way, man. Who would have thought that? <laughs> yeah, who would have thought that? All right, Thursday night, 
Seattle at Dallas, minus nine, game total 47. Healthy game total on a Thursday night. This should be uh, another, I mean, it should be an entertaining game for sure. On the Seattle side, again, we've been continuing to talking about this. Geno has not been good this year. He's turned back into a pumpkin. He has been bad on the road. Outside of week two where he was QB8, he has been QB25, QB16, QB29, QB19, and QB29. Yikes. Mm. Defense that he's going against is number one in EPA play per play allowed, EPA per pass, early down EPA per play, and fifth in average scoring, scoring uh, average starting field position. So, I mean, good luck with Gino if he's trying to you know get back on on the positive side of things with his play against his defense, as who's been really humming, and especially against you know offenses that are not good. They they punish them. So, good luck if 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 Coach Pete is going to be out there doing the run run pass soiree because that's just going to you know let this defense just tee up on 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 Geno Smith. So. In terms of running backs, we've already seen that Ken Walker is doubtful to play, so we're going to see Sharps, Zach Charbonnet, get his second start, his first start. We saw him RB twenty nine. Didn't really do too much with you know with the eighteen touches he had, forty seven rush yards and eleven receptions. So, but overall, he's had thirty nine touches over the last two games. So at least they this offense is you know trusting this rookie in terms of touching the ball. Just he ain't doing nothing with it. So. But the main thing we want to talk about is this wide receiver room. Dallas defense is fifth worst in terms of fantasy, in terms of adjusted fantasy points allowed this week. It's going to be tough because it's already been tough trying to play any of these wide receivers. They're all wide receiver threes and below. I mean, before the season, we would have thought they would have been able to at least repeat what they did last season. But because of Geno being down, they're being down. <sighs> out of the three, man, it's, it's really tough to try to figure out who you can confidently start because – when you think is DK is gonna show up, it's you know it's Lockett's the guy, and when you think Lockett's gonna show up, they somehow sprinkle in some JSN to do some work. So, if you had to choose one of these three, which one would you feel most confident in playing this week? I, I think I think by default for me, I think it's DK Metcalf. I think it's DK Metcalf because he's you know since the bye week he's been getting targets. So since the bye week, nine targets, fourteen targets, had a four target game against Baltimore. They got blown off the the doors blown off of him but 12 targets nine targets nine targets so he's seeing a healthy amount of targets since since the bye week and I, consistently and i think uh i i would probably you know trust him trust him in my in my lineup this week now in, after this after this dallas game it gets a little easier for seattle from in, in, from a passing game standpoint they get san francisco san francisco they're they, they're beautiful in uh, through the air but then they get Philadelphia in week 15, then Tennessee in week 16, then Pittsburgh in week 17. They close with Arizona in week 18, but nobody cares about that week because it's not fantasy related. But since after this Cowboys game, it gets a little easier for Seattle through, through, yeah. through the year. But in terms of Thursday night, I would probably by default go with DK Metcalf. Yeah, I'm, I, I guess I'll uh, co-sign that because he is getting the most targets, even though out of those five weeks, I think three of them he was – even outside the wide receiver three territory. But I think in the middle of those, I think he was wide receiver one one week and then wide receiver two the second the other week. So out of the out of the three, I think I feel the most confident with DK. What do you got on the Dallas side? This offense is humming. And there's there's no denying that. The last four weeks, I mean, they they've been they've been they've been killing people. Dak Prescott has been on a tear. He has twenty three touchdowns, six interceptions on the season. He's the QB one overall in fantasy the last five weeks. Now the Phillies is the only good team they played in that in that range, and he torched them. So I think he was a QB the QB five or QB three on that week as well. But from a fantasy perspective, he's just he's lining it up. He's got another good matchup against Seattle. But you know a lot of people like to talk about the the competition that Dak has faced. I know the last you know several weeks they played the Chargers, Rams, Eagles, Giants, Panthers, and Commanders defenses. But you know Dak's had a QBR of eighty one point eight. In the in the seven games against those teams, but every other quarterback that's played against them, their QBR is fifty four point eight. So what is it about Dak that mm. you know or that that's you know? I'm just saying, you know, if you want to, if people want to talk about the competition they played, and this tweet was uh, courtesy of Bill Barnwell on Twitter. So shout out to Bill Bill Barnwell for that. 
you know, drop dropping the gems, dropping the facts on him. But yeah, he's just gonna continue to hum. CD Lamb's got to, you know, I know Seattle's been pretty decent against wide receivers lately, but CD Lamb is a good matchup, and Brandon Cooks, he's been actually getting active over the last you know several weeks since you know since the bye week or since the since the Chargers game. I mean, he's been you know four out of the last six games he's had a touchdown. He's got at least one touchdown over four out of the last six games. The last three weeks has a wide receiver three overall finish and a wide receiver twenty two finish. It's caught 16 of 19 targets. So Brandon Cooks is alive, finally using him. Tony Pollard, last four weeks, top three enforced missed tackle rate, explosive rush rate, yards after contact per attempt. Seeing a little glimpse of the old Tony Pollard from 2022 and years past. And Seattle is 27th in fantasy points allowed versus running backs. And they've given up the most fantasy points to running backs since week seven at 30.4. So. And we'll talk about we'll talk about Tony Pollard towards the end of the show, but I I think this is another this this might be an eruption spot for 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 Tony Pollard. And then lastly, on you know CeeDee Lamb, I know he had that tear over the last several weeks with you know three straight ten catch hundred fifty yard games, and since the you know since that the last two games combined ten catches ninety one yards two touchdowns, he's found the end zone last two games, but the yardage has significantly come down. I think he's fine. Don't have to worry about him. Fire him up as a wide receiver one, obviously. But he has a number five matchup, according to Pro Football Focus. So, Cowboys, I think it's business as usual. They'll probably stomp out the Seattle Seahawks. Nine-point favorites at home, 47-point total. Anything else on the Cowboys? I will add this, that the player that has the number three coverage grade per fantasy points data, data suite, Michael Gallup. So if you're looking for a sneaky play or, you know, something that you might want to put money on, could put it on Michael Gallup. I believe his yardage is only 15 and a half. 15.5 is his, his yardage total. Yep. And that's the same on most books. So just keep that in mind that, um, you know, it could, could be a guy to, you know, sprinkle a little bit of money on. I think last week they had this wide receiver coverage matchup tool. And they actually had Gabe Davis as number one. And we saw what Gabe Davis just did against Philly. So, you know, just keep, hmm. just keep it in mind. And number one on their, on their list is De'Ami Brown. So that's also interesting. Who could, who could mix in to do some work if, if, if Miami, you know, blows this, that blow their heads off, then you might see De'Ami Brown get in for garbage time, but let me not, dig- let me not digress. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so real quick before we end the show, what is a prop that you like in this game? As I mentioned, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, over 61 yards, 61 and a half yards, or 63 and I think it's 63 and a half now that, now that mm. I looked earlier. 63 and a half yards rushing. I think this is a good, a good spot for Tony Pollard. I mean, Seattle's just beginning ravaged, right? They've been getting ravaged over the last several weeks on, on the ground. I mean, hell, Royce Freeman looked competent against him. Two weeks Man. ago, 73 yards for for Royce Freeman. So, I mean, and we saw the Ravens, you know, rip them apart several weeks ago. They had four players get at least 40 yards and three players get at least 50 yards. The same backfield. <laughs> so that's just, I mean, look, that 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 just that tells you everything you need to know about the Seahawks run rush defense. I and then and then obviously Christian McCaffrey last week had 114 yards. Even Elijah Mitchell had 38 yards himself. Even if he played more, he probably would have eclipsed 50 yards. So, yeah, Tony Pollard, very, very strong play for me, over 63 and a half yards. Yep. I know I've already mentioned Brandon uh, Michael Gallup over 15 and a half, but my play actually is Brandon Aubrey over one and a half field goals. I think this is a game where they might struggle a little bit early, trying to, you know, feel their way through it. And, you know, Aubrey, in terms of field goals, he's been pretty much money with over the one and a half game total. I believe he's been over in seven games, I believe. So, and if you check on books, most of the books have the, the juice to the over. So that's just, that's the one I like is, is the one and a half game, uh, one and a half field goals. So, but that is the end of the show. We talked about what the matchups that we like for week 13, talked about the Thursday night football game. Appreciate y'all listening tapping into us each week as we get closer to the end of the season. Hopefully y'all's, you know, fantasy teams are, you know, going to be getting ready for the playoffs. I know 
the league that I mentioned earlier that the one league that he's not going to make the playoffs and I am also not going to make the playoffs even though I'm the number two scoring team on in the league. Oh, no, no, is, no, 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 no. I, I have a chance to make the playoffs. Now. Oh, I you did do? I did the math. Oh, okay. I did the math. Okay. I, I was talking well, about another league. Okay, you need some help in that in in ours. Yeah, in the, yeah exactly. That's that's the math that I did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't have a chance. He has a chance. I'm the number two scoring team in the league, which is really odd for for me to be in dead last. But I am also the team with the most points scored against. So mm. I guess that I guess that's what happens sometimes, man. Um, but. Make sure y'all tap into DestinationDevy.com where we have a lot of articles. You can tap specifically tap into the Trinity Tracker. It's a tool that our, our, our analytics guide, Jordan Back, has built where it's pretty much just comparing, you know, is combining, you know, specific, you know, attributes of a wide receiver against, you know, uh, KTC. So you can kind of measure out like, hey, this is how we value uh, this particular player with our Trinity score compared to KTC value. And you can use that to, you know, in terms of, you know, judging how you want to, if you want to buy somebody, if you want to sell somebody, which is coinciding with you getting ready. If you're in dynasty leagues where you want to make that push, you can look for an owner that's, that's out of it. Like, Hey, let's make a deal, man. You need to be looking towards the future. Let me help you out. So it's just a tool that we have amongst a lot of things, articles, pods that we drop that can help your your redraft and your dynasty teams in terms of you know getting ready for the playoffs or getting ready for the next year as we get ready into the draft season so we appreciate y'all tapping in once again you can follow us at off the line ff on twitter or x you can follow me at fancy jeans that's g-e-n-e-s and you can follow ike at just underscore ike 09 ike you got anything before we get up out of here no um you know just Again, you know, toward the end, we're getting towards the end of the regular season. Playoffs are approaching. Good luck to you guys that are that are still in it. That are still in it, yeah, and, and and those of you that need help, hope you get all the help that you uh, all the help that you deserve. So, <laughs> so, so good, so good luck, good luck in week thirteen. All right, y'all, y'all be safe. Peace out.